The Adam Crowley Show. Axon. Axe off. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Rams wide receiver Brandon Cooks just signed a five-year contract extension on Tuesday worth a reported $80 million. Brandon Cooks, he's a good wide receiver. He's not a great wide receiver. This pays him more than $14 million a season. Le'Veon Bell's deal was reportedly for five years and $70 million, and this speaks to Bell's point. Le'Veon Bell should not be paid like a number one running back and a number one wide receiver. No, but he should be played like paid like a playmaker. And Brandon Cooks is a playmaker. Not as good a one as Le'Veon Bell. And yo, it ain't even close. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Which means, shirtless Tom, back in the fold, yeah. all the way back from Mexico, where he ate nothing but hot dogs, and we'll get into that at 5 o'clock. Who in the bleep goes to Mexico and eats hot dogs? Who in the bleep? 5 o'clock. I promise. We'll get to it. Hey, I sent a lot of Steelers fans putting up walls. Speaking of Mexico, when I was in high school... I had a troublemaker buddy that wound up having to transfer to prep school. We were close, like real close. We did everything together. Well, not everything. But I remember crying when I found out he wouldn't be around anymore. And really, that did wind up being the end of our friendship. Guess it wasn't that close. But we never hung out. He was out at Kiski. I was in Lebo. Neither of us had cars. But we knew in the months leading up that the end of the relationship was coming. In the last month or so, we just started to argue a bunch. And I think we were both subconsciously doing it so that it would make it easier when we wound up apart. We do that in sports, too, all the time. When McCutcheon was shipped out, a lot of you were butthurt. I wrote a column. I was emotional. Kutch was the Pirates. He was the reason they were good for the first time in my life. He was the reason my grandma got to see a winner again in her lifetime. But when the Buckos got off to a good start... It was reported that maybe the Bucks clubhouse was better off without him, that maybe they were a better team with him in San Francisco, that maybe Kutch was a clubhouse cancer, putting too much pressure on the team. Get out of here. A defense mechanism. Something we do when we don't want to be hurt. We make things up in our head to convince ourselves that the inevitable is what makes the most sense. Le'Veon Bell had 155 yards and two touchdowns against one of the best defenses in the league in the divisional round last year. Watch highlights. I post them at ESPNPGH.com. The guy is still a stud. He was incredible in that game. The burst was there. The hands were there. The pass protection was there. And he played over 90% of the snaps like he always does. The Steelers will miss him. You will miss him. But it's defense mechanism time. The Steelers understand the value of Le'Veon Bell, and you believe in the Steelers, right? Well, that's why they were willing to pay him almost the value of the second and third highest paid running backs combined. 
Bell will make $6 million more than Devontae Freeman this year on the franchise tag. The Steelers wanted to make his average annual value that cap hit for the next five years. They know how good he is. Unfortunately, Yins are putting up your shields and diminishing the greatness of one Le'Veon Bell. On my Twitter poll, again, at underscore Adam Crowley, the majority of you are saying the Steelers dodged a bullet by Bell not accepting the Steelers' contract offer. I'm getting bombarded left and right by people saying that the Steelers can easily find a replacement. Mark Madden tweeted me a list of suitable replacements, yet none of those players hold a candle to Bell. Bell plays 90% of the snaps. When he's in the game, the Steelers could be running or throwing. When Deion Lewis comes in the game, you know what the Patriots are going to do. No player in the league at that position does it the way that Bell can. No player in the league is a four-down player like he is. In your heart of hearts, Pittsburgh fans, you have to know this. The only reason you're now saying that Bell isn't as good as he is is because you're trying not to get hurt. Your boy's going off to Kiski, and you just want to create some distance between the two of you before geography does ultimately get in the way. Bell took over the game against Baltimore on Christmas Day two years ago, took over the game against Kansas City, and took over the game against Miami in the playoffs. He set the Steelers' rushing record in back-to-back playoff games. Oh, does that grow on trees? Can you find that in the third round next year? I'm sure the next guy can do that too, right? He took over the game against Jacksonville last year. They lost. Wasn't his fault. He's better. A lot better. No doubt in my mind that whomever walks through the door next year, no question. Mark Caboli wrote a piece for The Athletic saying that this is time for that pitback, James Conner, to show that he could be the replacement for Le'Veon Bell next year. <laughs> Don't lie to yourself and say that that's the case. Because it ain't going to happen. James Conner ain't that dude. And the next guy who totes the rock ain't going to be a Hall of Fame player. Bell will be when it's all said and done. 412-922-2874. The Steelers dodged a bullet, right? That's what all my Twitter followers are saying. All my snowflakes listen to the Crowley Show. Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News, he says the Steelers dodged a bullet. Ross Tucker from SiriusXM says that. The Steelers dodged a bullet. I'll go back to the same argument as yesterday. You only need him to be good for two or three more years. That's when the guaranteed cash in the contract would have paid him anyhow. And then the Steelers could have cut bait for pennies on the dollar after Ben Roethlisberger retires. You don't need him at that point. Now, if he is still productive, guess what? That's a cherry on top. Because then you do have Le'Veon Bell when the quote-unquote next guy, Mason Rudolph, is ready to take over the reins. I don't see a downside. Worst case scenario, he's only good when Ben Roethlisberger's good. Best case scenario, he's good the life of the contract and he helps out young Mason. How do they dodge a bullet if the last two years of Ben's career, he has far less to work with than he does this year with his Hall of Fame running back in the fold? How does it make any sense that the Steelers dodged a bullet when Ben Roethlisberger is now going to have his best shot two years before he's all said and done? Here's the answer, peeps. Peeps. They didn't. They didn't dodge a bullet. The best thing that could have happened for the Pittsburgh Steelers for this year and next year and the year after, all three years that you assume Ben Roethlisberger is going to be quarterback, is for 
Le'Veon Bell to have taken the contract that would have paid him fourteen or fifteen million dollars a season. Dodge a bullet. Dodge a bullet. Should the Penguins get rid of Evgeny Malkin? Make Sidney Crosby bear the weight himself? You win championships with Hall of Famers. You don't win championships when Hall of Famers walk out the door. Now, $17 million, I'm not willing to go quite that high. That's a bleep ton of money, especially when you're already paying that to Antonio Brown, and you got to pay the quarterback, and you're now paying Cam Hayward, you're paying that offensive line to stick together. I get it why you're not going to 17. But for anybody saying he ain't worth 14, is Brandon Cooks worth five years and 80 flipping million dollars? And Le'Veon Bell's worth less than that? Well, he's a receiver, Crowley. He's a receiver. They don't get hurt. Their shelf life is longer. Okay, yeah, that's true. But they're also a hell of a lot more dependent, I think, on the quarterback than a running back is. You can win championships with a good running game if you don't have a great quarterback. We've seen that done in the National Football League before. 412-922-2874. The other thing that is really pissing me off today is all the people who are hopping in my messages, hopping into Facebook where I posted my ESPN PGH article, or hopping into my menchies on Twitter.com, and they're saying, just so you know, Crowley, he's not going to win as much in the next place. They're going to lose a lot more football games with Le'Veon Bell wherever he winds up. A, you don't know that. B, if he does happen to lose a lot more football games, I'm guessing he won't care because he just took the Steelers for $26 million and he's going to get at least 33 I think, guaranteed in his next contract. He's going to be happy. If he goes to the Browns, guess what? He's closer to home. Sometimes you factor that decision in. I could have gone to Penn State. I went to West Virginia. It's a lot closer. All right, I didn't get into Penn State, but you get it. You get what I'm saying there. Sometimes things matter differently to different people. Shocking, I know. Maybe Le'Veon Bell cares more about the money than winning, and in fact, this would suggest that he does. His agent says, well, he really wanted to retire Pittsburgh Steelers. No, he didn't. He wanted to retire the wealthiest running back in football. And that's okay. The number of people who are slamming Le'Veon Bell because he doesn't want to win, he just wants the money, make me want to pull my hair out and throw it at them. Pull my hair, I'm going to throw it at you. It's windy out there. I don't care. I'm going to throw it at you anyway. It makes a statement. Why does he have to care about winning more than anything else? Why does Marion Hosa have to care more about money than he does winning? Or vice versa. I think with Hosa, he went to the Red Wings for, I think, 100K less than the Penguins offered him. Why? Because he thought it was a better chance to win a championship. And then people killed him here because he wouldn't take the hometown discount. You can't have it both ways. You're just butthurt because your dude is leaving. Some of you. And then the other ones are saying, well, he's not that good to begin with. And for you people, I say, again, go to ESPNPGH.com. And please, 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 please watch the highlights from last year's divisional round playoff game. Because holy hell, that guy's a playmaker. Not just a running back, a playmaker. And that playmaker deserves to make more than Brandon Cooks. Or at least he deserves to get paid similarly to Brandon Cooks. Let's go Dino in Pittsburgh. What's up, Dino? Hey, how you doing? All right, hey, uh, I think that Bale is a great running back, and he deserves to get the money uh, he, as close to it what he's asking for. If 30, if the year, 30 years of age is the year that everybody says running backs decline, 
He's 26. Give him a four-year contract with three years guaranteed money with that bonus, and there you have it. You have a team option for the fourth year. The guy is worth it. The team itself, offensively, when he came back last year and got in the groove, they looked more like a Super Bowl team. Oh, and I've got numbers, Dino. Oh, I've got numbers, and we'll get into them big time coming up at 440. I appreciate the call. Matt Williamson's come on the show, and he's talked about the decline of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Two years ago, he had a great season. Last year, it wasn't as good, although he still racked up close to 1,900 yards. And I bought in hook, line, and sinker. Williamson knows what he's talking about. But then I started looking at the numbers a little bit more. A little bit more closely, pull out my magnifying glass that I had next to my bed for reasons I'm not going to say on the radio. And I noticed that the first three games of the season last year, Le'Veon Bell wasn't very good. I wonder why that is. It's probably because he skipped training camp. It's not confirmed, but you could draw that conclusion, right? I will right now. 17 carries a game, he averaged. 60 yards a game, he averaged. That's the decline in the statistics right there. Three games, 180 yards for Le'Veon Bell. That's one playoff game against Kansas City. That's one playoff game against Miami. All I need to see to know that Le'Veon Bell hasn't lost a thing is the last game of the season that he plays. In the last game of the season that he played last year, 155 yards, two touchdowns. He caught a ball over, I think it was Telvin Smith. That's bouncing around. He pulls it in. Other running backs don't make that play. They just don't. He catches a ball from Ben Roethlisberger. Great play by Ben, too, where he's running to his left, throws it backwards to Le'Veon Bell, who catches it and scampers his way into the end zone. You don't see other receivers, A, make the catch because he had to contort his body, or B, find a way to get his slippery ass in the end zone. He's a playmaker, and he deserves to be paid like one. Not $17 million. But 14, just fine with me. The Steelers did not dodge a bullet. The Steelers are upset about the fact that Le'Veon Bell will not be with them for the remainder of his career. You can bet that. That's why they offered him the damn contract in the first place. All the Steelers fans who say, he's not that good. Well, Kevin Colbert disagrees. Mike Tomlin disagrees. Art Rooney II, you all respect him, right? Disagrees. That's why the money was on the damn table. Coming up next, we'll talk to Tim Benz about all this. He wrote about the real bad guy in all this in Breakfast with Benz. I thought it was a good take I hadn't really thought of. We'll get it next. It's Crowley Show. I have the Adam Crowley Show. Hey, I'd like to place an order for pickup, please. Can I place an order for pickup, please? Everything's done at the window, sir. At the window? Yes, sir. It's fast food service. That's funny. I thought the flyer's window closed. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Lev Bell wanted somewhere between 15 and 17 million, and he's going to have to get it on the open market. Joining us now to discuss is our friend from the Trib, Steelers Radio Network. He is Tim Benz. Benzie, what's up, man? Very disappointed in the effort of the cheese teas today. If you're going to do Bohemian Rhapsody, three guys in the car, I expect at least singing out loud a and one, albeit I'm sure ill-advised, but you got to give it a shot. One attempt at the harmony, and you guys just lip-synced 
and bagged it. You know what? I will take responsibility for the lip-syncing harmony not being there because there are a couple of moments where I dipped out because I was afraid I'd flub the words. So I'll take responsibility for that. But I got to be real with you, Tim. We ain't trying to sing in that car, okay? Not the first time round. Maybe we'll come back with a little We Are the Champions tomorrow. I also thought it was funny how you forgot Ray Fittipaldo was coming on at 5 o'clock and just plowed right through anyway because you didn't want to go through the minute 45 of headbanging one more time. And that's exactly it. because Tim, That hurts more oh than, than people realize, Tim. That actually, me and Tom are, are going to be in a neck brace tomorrow. We were banging our heads so hard. Well, I will be banging my head at Greta Van Fleet at Stage AE tomorrow. Uh, although I do like Run by Pink Floyd. I was requesting from Greta, some Greta Van Fleet when I bumped back. Tom did not come through there. They've got a new single that hit today, right before the Pittsburgh concert, so I'm most excited. It's called When the Curtain Falls, so I imagine it was inspired by watching the Steelers' defense against the Jaguars last year. Tim, do you have an extra ticket to Greta Van Fleet? I do not. Why? Who wants to go? Me. Yeah. Oh, are you a convert? Oh, I love Greta Van Fleet, man. Ever oh, since okay. you put me on that on that train. Good, good. Uh, these tickets are extraordinarily hard to come by. I think, along with Michigan, we might be their number one market because of the amount of airplay they got early on at DBE. Tim Benz joining us, Breakfast with Benz. You say that the villain in the Le'Veon Bell Steelers saga is Bell's agent, and I think it's a good point. What a friggin' dink this guy is, huh? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, either A... He's the guy who's making Bell hold out for more money than really any running back needs. And I am going to say running back. I'm going to stand by that. I'm sure we're going to get into that later. But yep. either he's driving the train too hard for him to keep holding out for more at the risk of his client, where the differential between what he's guaranteed to get and what else he could get on the market is minimal. Either he's doing that or he's not pushing his client hard enough to see that minimal difference. Uh, look, if he gets through this and he manages to have another good year and he's healthy and he signs a whopper of a contract, well, then good for them. They bet on themselves and won like Darrell Rebus did so many times. But I think it's an extraordinary risk. And uh, you know what? He might just wind up on a bad team and uh, he could get paid. Maybe that's all he cares about. But uh, I think he could get close to as much here and the acclaim that he would have had if he stayed in Pittsburgh is going to be far greater than if he languishes in Cleveland or the Jets or Miami. Well, that is a good point because the money really is going to be somewhat negligible. Now, I mean, it is going to be a difference of a couple mil here, a couple mil there, which is not so negligible to you or I, but uh, or you or me, I suppose. But it is for a guy like that. Uh, he could have not felt any pain had he stuck around here and signed the deal that the Steelers wanted him to sign. I do want to talk about the Steelers obviously wanting to keep Bell around. Uh, they understand his value. I feel like I understand his value. I'm sure you understand the value, too. I don't think it's going to be as easy to replace Le'Veon Bell as other people are making it out to be. No, he's an elite running back. He deserves to be paid as the best running back in football. And then I would imagine by the time Todd Gurley comes up, uh, he will deserve that just as much, if not more, than Lev. Um, he's already squawking about $80 million. Did you see that tweet from him, by the way, or that comment? I did a couple days ago, right? Right, where he said, uh, I'm just trying to get $80 million. Just. You know, like it's chump change. As opposed to these NBA players who are getting 150 Yeah, you hang in there, Todd. I, I know, you're just trying to get the table scraps. You hang in there. But yeah, I think that they do value him. And this whole, that ridiculous quote from 
his agent about they're just trying to pay the position and not the player. No, they are not. If they were doing that, the offer wouldn't be this much greater than the next best contract that's out there in Devontae Freeman, which on an annual average value, based on the numbers that we have seen, is $14 million versus $8 million. The guaranteed money was 41 versus 70. And I take it back. The overall value was 41 versus 70. The guaranteed money was 18 versus 33. That's not paying the position. That's paying the player. This notion that he's got to get paid for two jobs is one. That's asinine. Because if he's really going to do that, then it's going to be $33 million against the cap, roughly. So, I mean, come on. Let's be real about this. And, if you pay one guy two positions worth, what happens when that guy gets hurt? Or, in his case, suspended? Do you get two roster spots back for one? Or don't. Do you get salary cap relief on half the contract? Because it's just one guy that got put on IR? No, you don't. That's not how it works. Well, those are all good points by you, Tim. And I'll agree 100% that, no, you're not two players. That is that is asinine. It's ridiculous. I'm a number one well, a running back and a number two wide receiver. Well, no, you're not. He averaged seven point seven yards per catch last year. That's not registering for wide receivers. So I don't buy into that. What I do buy into, though, is that he is a playmaker. When I see guys like Brandon Cooks today get an eighty million dollar contract for five years, I understand what Le'Veon Bell's gripe is with that. Brandon Cooks ain't half the player, I think, that Le'Veon Bell is. So if I'm Bell, I look at that and I'm pissed because I don't want being a running back to hold me back from making that kind of money. Well, I would agree with that to an extent. And that extent stops at, though, what happens if your skills diminish and you're a running back as opposed to your skills diminishing and you're a wide receiver? You're on the bench. You're not playing as much. If your skills diminish as a wide receiver over the course of a contract, you still have value in the later years of that contract because you can go from a number one to a number three. You know, see Heinz Ward, who eventually, yes, did fall off a cliff in, what was that, 2012? But if you look back after he maybe peaked and signed his contract in 2009, I believe it was, you know, he's really good in 09. They got to the Super Bowl, and he was they put up decent numbers in 10. It was like a slow decline. And as A.B. and Mike Wallace started to surpass him, he still played a role on the team. You know, when people talk about uh, – why you can't pay certain positions the same amount as other positions, this is why. Because on the back end of running back contracts, they're nowhere near as valuable. And beyond that, they aren't as players as multifunctional when it comes to what they can do with the rest of the guys in their position group. You know, like pass rushers are out there every single time. That's why they get $17 bucks as it relates to the uh, franchise tag. Like, there's two guys in Ansa and uh, Joyner got, sorry, not Joyner, uh, Demarcus Lawrence got. Um, you know, offensive linemen are out there every single snap. Quarterbacks are in the ball every single snap. And if you are a wide receiver, even if you're not a number one anymore, you can give value on the back end of your deals as you wane into your 30s and become a number two or three option. That doesn't happen with running backs. Well, with a running back, you could cut bait there. With a wide receiver, if you're paying a guy who's going to be a number three guy, number one money, isn't that worse than just being able to cut bait and, and save money on the back end with a running back? Well, no, it's not, because in all likelihood, you don't have three guys that are going to be number one guys. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Look at what's going on in Atlanta right now. 
So, like, at some point, if Julio Jones over the next couple of years isn't worth the big ticket that he's got and has become a number three guy, it's probably because Calvin Ridley has become your number one and he's still on a rookie contract. Just like the example that I outlined before with Heinz Ward. As Heinz started to decline, you still had Mike Wallace and A.B. on first contract deals at the time. So, I mean, no one's going to have three big ticket wide receivers. But if you have one and he has become a number three, that is because you probably have other cheaper guys who have passed him, have passed him on the depth chart. But what if it's just because he's not good enough anymore? Well, I mean, that could happen in any position. Right. It could happen with Lamar Woodley. But the difference is, like I said, you're going to bench that guy. He's, he's going to be behind somebody else if he's a running back. Or you're just going to be a bad team. So like, why, why do you have to take the risk of being a bad seed with somebody that you can't replace and then just have that, in essence, be dead money? Tim, if the Steelers had gotten it done with Le'Veon for $14.5 million, you think that's good move for them, good business? I, I thought it would have been a real risk. It's not what I would have done. I'm content with him playing out the franchise tag and then going free agent. I don't have a problem with that. That's what I've advocated all along. Uh, I think it's a huge risk. Plus, I have no idea what Le'Veon Bell is going to be like as a personality once he gets his big money. That's another thing that we have to keep in mind with this guy, based on what we've seen from him off the field, both in terms of attitude and compliance. Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz, on the trip, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Mark Caboli wrote a piece for The Athletic talking about James Conner, and he has an opportunity to show himself now as the possible replacement at Steelers camp. I'm going to go ahead and say no to that one. How do you show yourself as a replacement for Le'Veon Bell in camp? You don't. You can't. How? You can't. How is that possible? I mean, like, even in the preseason, how are you showing that you're the replacement? We're not going to know if if Bell does what he has intimated and what his agent has intimated, that he's going to show up and play all 16 like he did last year. I don't care what we see from James Conner in a relief capacity. We're not going to know nope. if he can be the heir apparent to Le'Veon Bell because Bell is a three-down running back. That's part of the reason why the Steelers offered him $14.5 million, and he's asking for 17 to 20 So we're never going to know. Like He can get better. He can engender some faith. But, I mean, come on. I, mean, I, 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 I want Caboli to tell me out loud that if Le'Veon Bell walks, the Steelers are inclined right now to believe that opening day running back 2019 is going to be James Conner and not a first-round draft choice or a significant free agent signing next offseason. Does he really think that? He's probably just looking for something to write, Tim. That's that's what I would say. And Well, look, I write four columns a day, and I haven't even dipped down that far yet. <laughs> oh, oh, Tim Ben's joining us here. Ripping Mark Caboli on the Crowley Show. I, I agree with everything you just said. If Look, if James Conner and Jalen Samuels work out, that's great. But the way that they'd work out is part of a somewhat rotation. If Mike Tomlin's even inclined to go to a rotation next year, he's never been a rotation guy. Uh, I think they are going to spend a first-round pick on a running back, and I think they'd probably be silly not to, although I haven't done a lot of homework on this year's class just yet. He's not been a rotation guy, but let's also remember that the Super Bowl that he won, Noel De Moore was his best running back. Sure. Well, I mean, Rashard Mendenhall had not become a good running back yet at that point. Some would argue if he ever did, although he did have one great season in the other Super Bowl that they got to until he fumbled in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. he, that's a good ball there. Sorry, uh, Mendenhall was 2010. Um, I don't think he's afraid to do it. Uh, I think it's part of the reason why they are loading up on other options to get the ball down the field. That's why they've still got the two 
decent pass-catching tight ends. That's why they've got three wide receivers who will be on the field a bunch, and I wouldn't be stunned to see them draft another one before day three next year uh, to further help matters. But, um, you yeah, know, even Le'Veon Bell, remember, it took Le'Veon Bell one solid year before he became – he was not good at his rookie year. He didn't get good until his second year. Um, Rashard Mendenhall, as we just pointed out, didn't get good until his third year in Pittsburgh. So it's not instantaneous for a running back to be awesome as a rookie, even though it's the easiest position to do so. The Steelers really haven't seen that since, gosh, I can't remember the last really good rookie running back they had. Even Willie Parker was playing behind Bettis for a year. Tim, last question for you. Put on your mind reader cap, all right? What do you think Ben thinks about Le'Veon not being around for the likely end of his career? Uh, that's a good point. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I, I, I think he would, per, I mean, I would obviously prefer that he would be there. I think there's probably some resentment there because I'm sure that Ben, Ben probably feels like he's left more on the table than Le'Veon is willing to have his share of, if you catch my drift. Like the difference between what Le'Veon is asking for and what Ben left on the table with a guy like him in mind is probably greater mm. oh. than what Ben hoped. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's a good answer, Tim. I was not counting on that answer. That's good. You're a thinker. What, what were you expecting? Well, I I didn't know. I asked the question. I just I didn't know what the answer. I ask a lot of questions. I don't know the answer to. Maybe that's why I'm so bad at radio. But yeah, I would think that I would think that Ben would be a little bit perturbed. Hey, man, I left some cash out there, and uh, they were going to pay you, and you chose not to take it. Yep. You know what? Locker room fight this year. The schism is on, baby. Well, he has been. You know, he's never been afraid to drop a little barb here and there at other players. Like he certainly did at Heinz from Tom Khan. Uh, he has had management as it related to the whole Mason Rudolph thing. Um, yeah, so I, I look at, I look at, you know, I don't fault Ben for wanting to win and his, his sincerity about wanting to win. I, I doubt Ben on his sincerity for a lot of other things that he says publicly, but I do think he wants to win, and I think he probably could have held their feet to the fire for more and been more of a mercenary in terms of his approach. Um, if you wanted to be like Kirk Cousins, for instance. But he knew he had a good situation here, and part of the reason he had a good situation here is because of the skill guys who was getting the ball to and the guys who were blocking for him. So uh, I'm sure he will be disappointed. The other thing that Bell does really well is block for him, too. Let's not forget that. One last question now. I changed my mind. Uh, what do you think Ben Roethlisberger would say, put on your thinking cap again, your mind-reading cap, Tim, if we said next year James Conner is going to be your starting running back? I think you would ask Kabali to rewrite the article. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the time, Tim. Have fun tomorrow, buddy. All right. Yeah, talk to you soon, Adam. Take care. There he goes. Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz. Tim's very good. He does all his homework. He's referencing old years of Richard Mendenhall that I tried so hard to block out. So hard to block out. Uh, Michael tweets at underscore Adam Crowley and at Tim Benz PGH. Is there zero chance the Steelers franchise Bell next season saying this year goes well? Uh, yeah, it's a 0% chance because they'd have to pay him $25 million because it would be the average of the highest paid quarterbacks in the National Football League. So, yeah, not going to happen. Appreciate the question, though. There are a lot of people who don't understand the economics of football, and I probably due to an extent, but even my knowledge is just scratching the surface. Hey, I ain't an agent, 
But there are some really bad Facebook comments on some of my stories that I posted today, and I'll get to those coming up at 5 o'clock when we are also talking about Tom's trip to Mexico. But coming up next, I'm on board with paying the player and not the position. So were the Steelers. It just didn't work out. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. So you go double kibasi? It's been known to happen. Holy crap. I mean, I can see you taking two kibasis at once in college, but probably not on a sandwich. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm all right with having conversations with you people on Twitter.com. What I'm not okay with is you people having conversations on Twitter.com with me tagged in the damn thing. Oh, my God. People are arguing about Le'Veon Bell and my mentions. It's like Pickett's charge up in there. Yeah, brothers fighting brothers. Get out of my mentions. I don't want to have to mute the conversations because I need some of your awful takes for fodder, but... Christ almighty, just take it down a notch. Steeler forever (laughs) tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Two words about Bell's bet. Mike Wallace. (laughs) Why are we bringing 60 minutes into this? The hell out of here with your Mike Wallace comparison. Mike Wallace was never close to the player that Le'Veon Bell is at his position. So it's a different conversation. Steeler forever who I feel like just made that so that they could hop in and get after me on Twitter. They've got <laughs> four tweets, and they're following one person. The first tweet was three hours ago, and it's just at Nate Burleson. That's it, just at Nate Burleson. <laughs> Steal it forever. If you're going to hop into my radio show with no avatar, dropping stuff like the Mike Wallace comparison... Get yourself an avatar, and please, for God's sake, at least follow me so that my show looks a little bit bigger. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Le'Veon Bell's agent says that the Steelers were going to pay Le'Veon Bell for his position, not for the player, and that is just asinine. It's a stupid, misleading thing to say to get people all riled up and biting each other in my mentions when the reality is the Steelers very much paid for the player and not for the position. If they wanted to pay for the position, guess what? They're paying Le'Veon Bell about $10 million, going up two mil from the last guy. Uh, They're giving him a modest raise. They're still making him the highest paid running back in football, and they're saying, I do. We cool? But the Steelers value what he brings because he's on the field for 90 percent of the snaps. He's top 10 in the National Football League in receptions, although he only goes 7.7 yards every time he catches the football. And yeah, he is one of the best running backs at running the football in the National Football League. The Steelers get all that. So for all you out there who say, oh, not the position, not the position, just so you know, you're going against the Steelers thinking there. Now, when Tim Benton says things like that, he knows where the Steelers sit. He knows where the agent sits. He knows where Le'Veon Bell sits. Tim knows what's going on. I feel like you kind of don't, and click go all the radios. But here's the deal. 14 mil was fair enough for, I think, Le'Veon Bell to say, okay, you know what, I'll take that. The thing is, he's going to bet on himself. If he stays healthy and has another season like he did the last two, which is around 1,900 yards, he's going 
to make it on the open market. I really believe if this guy has the best season he's ever had, he's getting 40 mil guaranteed. Bet that. If he has an average of what he's done recently, I think he's getting at least the 33 million guaranteed the Steelers were going to give him. But on top of the 26 that he just got from the franchise tag two years in a row. Here's my thing. It's about paying the player for his impact on the team. Not the position. How valuable is he to the team? A couple years ago, the Steelers, or pardon me, the Penguins, were rumored to be in on Jordan Stahl. Again, in his $6 million a season cap hit. Penguins were rumored years before that to be in on Ryan Kessler and his big-ass cap hit to play third-line center. Both guys weren't going to jump Crosby, weren't going to jump Malkin on the depth chart, but they were going to get paid upwards of $6, 7000000 million a season. And Penguins fans and media alike said, that's too much money to pay a third-line center. If you want to look at it that way, I, there's nothing I could do except for this, which is what I'm doing. But that's not how I look at players. Jordan Stahl would have been the Penguins' fourth-best forward. Guess what? He'd have been paid like it. Kessler, likewise. Le'Veon Bell, while a running back, is on field for 90% of the plays. He's the best catcher of the football at the position. He's the best pass protector. He can create something out of nothing with his shiftiness. The explosiveness in terms of long gains is lacking, but that's it. That's his weakness. He is consistent. Many have pointed to a statistical drop-off last year, but most of that can be attributed to the first three games of the season when he averaged just 60 yards a game after not going to training camp. He was a little rusty. For me, instead of looking at the position, I value a player based on what he means to the football team. Now, the quarterback always means the most, right? But on this team, I think you can make the case for Le'Veon. I think he makes this quarterback that much better. Consider this. Le'Veon only surpassed 100 scrimmage yards once in the Steelers' first five games last year. That's one out of four. That's 25%, and I think it's because he skipped training camp. Not because he's washed up or slowing down, but because he needed to get the timing back. Is it any coincidence that Ben Roethlisberger threw six touchdowns and seven interceptions then in the first five games? He had a completion percentage of 61. That's not Roethlisberger's standard. Then eight of the next ten games, Bell did wound up, wind up, over 100 yards from scrimmage. And the two that he didn't, he still scored a touchdown. Not coincidentally, Ben threw 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions the rest of the way. When Lev Bell was great, Ben was great. When Lev Bell was great, the team was great. In 2016, Bell averaged 72 yards a game on the ground through the first six games. Now, remember, he was suspended at the beginning of the year. And if you want to factor all that into it, we can. We'll have that conversation later. But as far as the players concerned, first six games, a little rusty, not great. And the Steelers started out four and five. He rushed for 140 yards per game after that point, and the Steelers didn't lose a game. Now tell me, is that worth paying a guy $15 million a year for? When he plays well, they win. When he doesn't, it's a crapshoot with the Steelers at 500 the last two years. Does it matter what position he plays? It's fact. When he plays well, they win. When he doesn't, they're average. The quarterback is average. I'd have been more than fine with him getting that money. More than fine with $14, $15 million a season. 17 yeah, you're pushing it. Yeah, you're pushing it. But I'm paying 14 for that. Now, I realize it's a Pirates fan mentality to be counting up the dollars, but $17 million is a lot to pay a player when you're paying another player $17 million in Antonio Brown and when you're paying Ben Roethlisberger the money that you're paying him. That's a bleep ton of money locked up in three. 
And you do got to fill out the bottom of the roster with some cash. That's for Pirates fans. I got to thinking of this this morning while I was on the john. Pirates fans cried when Kutch wasn't signed past his prime. They cried. Fans were upset. How'd you trade Kutch? He's our franchise. Now, as I said, to start the show, that quickly turned to burying him whenever it became a defense mechanism. But at first, Pirates fans were upset. We're better off without Kutch. If you sign him in a long-term deal, you're paying him for the back end of that contract. But Le'Veon Bell's a better football player than Kutch was a baseball player. How's that for a take? And I guess you would be technically paying him for the downside of his career, too. Yet, already, Steelers fans are already shipped this guy out the door. Why? Is it just because Le'Veon Bell's a loudmouth kind of jackass? Because if it is, that's stupid. The Steelers lost to the Jaguars last year, not because of the way Le'Veon Bell played, and not because Le'Veon Bell was talking junk, not because Le'Veon Bell skipped the walk through the game before, not because Le'Veon Bell was talking about retiring to Jeremy Fowler on the Thursday of that week. No, that's not why the Steelers lost. None of that is. The Steelers talking distractions, for all we make a big deal about, it hasn't cost them a game, I don't think, yet. I want the best players. I wanted the Steelers to wind up with Le'Veon. And I think I'm in the minority in terms of media people. And I'm a major media market star in this city. I think most people in this city that are writing columns or speaking into a microphone are all saying he ain't worth that money. And I think each and every one of y'all is wrong. Wrong. Madden. Wrong. Ron Cook. Wrong. Andrew Villaboni. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. If the Steelers win a Super Bowl in the last three years of Ben Roethlisberger's career, and we're just going to keep saying it like that, hypothetically, it's going to be this year. And I will go on record July 17th, 2018, and say that right now. If they win one in the next three, if they win one with Ben Roethlisberger, it's because Le'Veon Bell was there too. Coming up next, I've got so much crap to sift through from you people on Twitter and on Facebook. And Tom's back from Mexico, and he's got weird stories. And it's a weird guy. It's a Crowley Show.